welcome everybody to the very first ever Pencil Neck Geeks podcast. I'm here with uh, Justin Siegel and Daryl Patterson. My name's Jeremy Tiroff, and uh, welcome, Hello. guys. Hello. Great okay. to have some uh, killer wrestling talk today. Well, that's the idea. I uh, So we were talking about what we're going to do here, and we're not really sure necessarily what we're going to do. Uh, moving forward, and I, I can't say that I've listened to more than one podcast in my entire life, but I don't want this to be a whole bunch of, like, bells and whistles and goofy bullshit. We're just going to talk about wrestling. Uh, you might like it, you might not. It's really nerdy stuff, but this is kind of what we like to do. Um, and we should cue our first soundbite right there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to be bullshit. Uh, so I guess the first thing that we're going to talk about, we have a list of things, but I think the first thing that we should talk about is the biggest thing happening right now, which is all elite wrestling. Um, so I guess I'm going to ask you guys what you think about it, whether you think it can succeed, what you want to see from it, and then we should talk about who they have acquired, who they're looking at acquiring, and who we would like to see there. I think that's pretty good material. So. I do think it can succeed based on the financial backing of the con. It's, is it the con family or is it? Tony is the son who's running it. Shah, Shahid, I want to say. Shah, they call him Shah, okay. is the dad who's the guy who has more money than Vince. Right. So, uh, good minds in it, especially with uh, Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. and uh, the Bucks backing it, Hangman Page, mm-hmm. and now Pac, uh, Neville, I guess. When when Pac, is it Pac or Pac? It's Pac. It's Pac. It's so Pac. when Pac became Neville, was, was, was he uh, ex-Pac then? <laughs> oh, there's a really bad pun yeah, already. Yeah, it was, yes. Um, <laughs> well, they, they also have, they have producers now. So two of the producers are um, BJ Whitmer, came from Ring of right, Honor. I knew He's going to be a producer yes. there. And Billy Gunn. Oh, that's gonna be interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. That's that's a good fit, I think. Uh, um, it, I think he can do good. He doesn't take a lot of bullshit. I know that. You know, he was first around. swear word on the podcast too, by the way. He said yeah, shit already. Oh, yeah, apologies, <laughs> apologies. No, he Fuck. Um, he he uh, he's been around some creative people, so I'll I'll give him that. And he he was a guy who was able to take a character that he had and turn it into something decent. So like, if that carries over. Great. I don't. I don't want them to use him as a performer no. necessarily. They're saying that they might, but uh, like well, if he does, I think he should have his original theme music. I'm an ass man, because that was <laughs> oh man, that was that was classic. That was a good gimmick. Yeah. No. Uh, and so, um, and Jericho is yes. there. I love that Jericho is there. I hope he continues the run he's been on. Yeah, well, I I, I think I really that's agreed. At, yeah. at the interview they were Great doing, fit. they started to do that. The, th- the, the reason I like Jericho is a, he's a veteran dude who's worked with everybody, like everybody. Uh, he's he's been on every stage. He's worked with every Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer. He's been in Japan. He's been in Mexico. He's been in Germany. He's been in Australia. He's been all over the world. And not just that, but he's not a dude who ever has rested on his gimmick and his laurels. Ever, ever. Like, there's dudes, Shawn Michaels came back and he was just Shawn Michaels again, and they regurgitated DX. And that's just one example. I mean, guys come back and they don't recreate themselves. They just run off of, you know, nostalgia. Um, I don't think that Jericho has ever done that. I think that Jericho has done a phenomenal job of reinventing himself over and over and over and he's over. He's the David Bowie of wrestling he's in awesome. some ways. He I, really I, is, yes. And, uh-huh. and, and not just that, but he's, he's still a good wrestler. Like, that that match against Naito at Wrestle Kingdom 13 is apparently 
some are saying it's his best, best match ever, and he's been in the business for 30 years. Mm. That's, wow. That's crazy. And, and when you think about, like, oh, Jericho's been in the business 30 years, like, you really realize, like, A, how old you are, and B, right. <laughs> like, how long you've been watching. And you think of all the stuff that he's done, too. Like, it, it's a phenomenal body of work. And if he has any creative say in that company, too, you combine him with the Bucks and with Cody and those guys that are creative to begin with, and then you have a veteran guy who's been in these big companies. And being in those big companies, all those big companies, so many times over so many different places, then he can go like, look, this will be what works, and this is what didn't work in this company or didn't work here. This is what we had to deal with when we got to this point and everything else. Um, I think he's going to be a real asset for that company big time. Big no time. question. I, I, I like the fact that he is if not the last one of the last especially first generation wrestlers that bridges that gap mm -hmm. between the old school mm -hmm. headlock full nelson bear hug shit mm -hmm. to high flying right you know tilt a whirl 450 splash it's everything you know right. he, he he bridges that and and so he also brings that with him mm -hmm. and for me at least that's you know that's important because I don't want to watch the, the the headlock full Nelson bear hug shit anymore. But I don't want to watch all four fifties and tilt whirls and everything either. Right. This is so. this is this is a great way to feed into what do you want from the company? I mean, that's what I want to see. Like Foley wrote in his first book, he goes, you know, a, a good wrestling company. It, it, he was talking about uh, ECW before it was ECW. It was Tri-State Wrestling, TSW, and it was Joel Hartgood and those guys. And they were they were doing the the feud with him and Eddie Gilbert with the various death matches and like it was best of three or best of seven I can't remember but it was it was a big deal, and he was assured by Hartgood that they were going to make it where that was the only match where they had all that violence and blood because then it made it feel that much more important. They did a battle royal in the very opening match and the first dude out was bleeding and he's like, what the fuck is going on? And it was a last blood battle royal. Oh. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> right. So, so, which is such a, it's such a weird concept. And I'm, I mean, it's hilarious now looking yeah. back, but like this is, the, this is the early 90s and this is like underground wrestling, um, indie wrestling. And, and, so, but, but Foley was like, that's what these companies were. Like, I'm a huge ECW fan. I, I loved it. Now, you look back on it, and you're like, eh, it wasn't as, like, creatively, it was fantastic. Looking back on it, you're like, in ring, it really wasn't everything that we thought it was. No, it wasn't, no. But. Hasn't necessarily aged well. No, no, yes. no, no. But, but, but very few do. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, but you look at it, and. And, like, every single match started to be repetitive. And Foley's point was, you want a wide variety of things. Like, if you look at the best pay-per-view ever for the WWF, the, a lot of people would say WrestleMania 17. Agreed, yes. Well, you have you have The Rock and Austin, and you have, like, these big matches. But then you have, like, the TLC match. But then you have, like, a gimmick battle royal. And then you have Benoit and Angle in this, like, you know, wrestling classic. Mm -hmm. And then you have, like, a hardcore match. And, like, all these... And then Vince and Shane and that street fight with all the weird booking stuff. It, it's actually a great story even if it's not a great match and that's variety and that's what people like i what you were talking about what jericho brings it's like here's the flips but then here's the old school style and here's whatever like i want to see that with this company because if you think of other companies right now like lucha underground it's lucha ring of honor sure. it's that and, and too many companies right now rather than trying to do a different product and provide an alternative to the wwe they try and emulate them 
The problem with Impact is they've tried to be Attitude Era WWE their entire existence. The one thing that made them stand out was the X Division, and then they got away from the X Division, right? Yeah. Uh, ROH used to be clean finishes and solid matches and things that would go forever, and now it's hundred <laughs> delirious. Imagine that. Delirious is a shitty booker. He's a really shitty booker, and he got away from all that, and, and now it's just you know the independent version of the WWE half the time. Um, not entirely. I mean, I'm, I'm being very whatever, but I want... I want all elite wrestling to be something different because there's a market for it. Clearly, you know, all in 10,000 people sold out in minutes, right? in minutes. And, and and there's a fan that will, I mean, bullet club, the t-shirt, their merchandise. Oh yeah. That's the highest selling merchandise almost in all of wrestling. Right. And that's all not of wrestling. Yes. Right. And yeah. that's, that's not tied to a company that markets it like that. Like it's literally doing that by people tuning in and finding this stuff people want a viable product you don't want the same thing what i want from them is i want something different i want to see a mix of like here's an old ecw style hardcore match and then here's like your high-flying match with Pac and whoever and then here is like your old school scientific wrestling and then here's like you know a crazy six man and and whatever like i want to see that stuff and here's a powerhouse matchup and stuff like that so i i really i i'm that's what i want to see yeah. Well, I believe the other big name being thrown around is Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Is is it? Con- it's nothing's confirmed with no, that yet. I, I yeah. think that Omega goes there. Mm-hmm. I do. Now, well, do you think? Speaking of Jericho, will they rekindle Omega Jericho? Yeah, yeah. It, it only makes sense. It only makes and, sense, yeah, and especially yeah, if you're doing like like I was talking about this on the page, Pencil Neck Geeks United Facebook page, mm-hmm. and um, and. Somebody was trying to, and I, and I understood the point. It was actually a discussion, but like, it's a lot more interesting to me. People are going to turn into tune into the first pay per view, the the double or nothing, whatever. They're going to watch it no matter a what. A lot of gambling references. I, sure. I well, I guess it is a gamble. Sure, is it? Sure, sure. So it makes sense. Yeah. So people are going to tune into that regardless. Like you have Jericho, you have Pac, you have Paige, you have the Bucks, you have Cody, you have. These other guys, they'll probably have other members. You have SoCal Uncensored. You have, like, pieces there, and you're going to... They're talking about a relationship with Impact, so maybe you have Cage or Johnny Impact or the, the Lucha Brothers, whatever. You're going to have people tune into that. And Kenny Omega is the biggest free agent right now, not named somebody who I'll name drop shortly. <laughs> but... He's the biggest name available uh, there. I, I'm thinking the same person. So <laughs> He's yes. available there. And if he shows up at that pay-per-view, no matter how good or bad that pay-per-view is, because the expectations are going to be sky high, if he shows up at that pay-per-view, people will order the next pay-per-view. Period. That's just smart. And if, he, and if he's quiet about it before it, and if he kind of teases like, hey, I'm going to WWE, or hey, I'm going back to New Japan, or hey, I'm going here... Like, then you have that intrigue around it regardless. And then you bring them in there, and, like, it's going to be in front of a smart crowd. It's going to be a bunch of smarts watching it. And then there you go. There's your hook for another show. And it creates even more buzz. And I think they're smart enough to do that, you know. But And, and that's his friends there. And he knows he's going to have creative control there. You go to WWE, you're, you're, a big, you're, a, you're in a big pond. Their, their rosters are already their rosters already too bloated. There's guys who are dying to get some time in there, and you go like like, Cien Almas, right? Yes. Oh, I know. I, and yes. he's doing nothing. Right. He's on right. the show. He's on SmackDown one week, and then he's gone for a month, and then he's mm-hmm. back again. And they're trying to make him viable, but are you really Sanity, making him viable? Right. Sanity showed up. What the fuck has Sanity done? Nothing. 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 
And that's a good group. You could do stuff with that, especially right. in that division. There's all, I mean, I've seen the Usos against the New Day enough times. I've seen the bar <laughs> against the New Day enough times. I've, we've seen enough pancakes, <laughs> seriously. Right. <laughs> and that's no yeah. knock on that. Like, I like the New Day. I think they do good stuff in the ring. But that, I mean, you have these guys that are dying to get there. And what's Omega going to do? They're going to make him a, a guest entrant in the Royal Rumble and then maybe do something with them? Are you going to take a chance at that? Or are you going to go to this company that people want to pay attention to anyways and be their biggest star immediately? Well, I think it's indisputable, too. They, they, to me, at least, they've proven that they have a generally a bias, so to speak, against those stars that they didn't create or build right. themselves. AJ is an exception. Right. AJ, I, right. And, and that's because Absolutely. AJ's so goddamn good. Sure. Like, he's, he's there because he's that good. You know? I, I think... You know, money-wise and, and, and uh, fame-wise and mm-hmm. things, probably maybe he's better in the WWE, but otherwise, any other uh, aspect, fan-wise, all of it, all the way. And it's funny you said money, because that's another reason why I want this to succeed. These guys, if there's another viable company out there, these guys like that, they have a place where they can raise what they make. I mean... There are some guys that make damn good money, and then there's other guys that don't. And you have to remember, they don't have medical insurance. Imagine what their bills are. They don't have their road expenses covered, stuff like that. So you can make whatever, and they're on the road all the time, and they're breaking their bodies down. And you want to be financially rewarded for that. And literally, your only options, I mean, what's Impact going to pay anybody? They couldn't. How many guys left there because of pay disputes, right? ROH can do a little bit of that, but not a lot. I mean, right. ROH is, is going to be ROH because Sinclair is just fine. They make money off of it. They can rotate it, guys in and out. Guys will use that as a stepping stone. It's fine. Sure. AEW is going to be a company where, theoretically, Kenny Omega, a guy now, can go like... He can name his price with either company because it's two billionaires bidding for the same dude, right? Which leads me to my next thing. The guy who I imagine is going to have a conversation with them would be CM Punk. Absolutely. CM yes. Punk. That, that, he was he was named number 1 that came to mind when yeah. I heard about this. Yeah. You I mean talk about a guy who has all the reason in the world. He fucking hates Vince and more than that, he fucking hates Triple H. Mm-hmm. Period. Like hates the dude. Now, I'm going to get back to that too because there's plenty of guys that have had hatred and mended bridges, especially when there's a lot of money involved. But Punk is a guy who immediately, if you have CM Punk, regardless of him getting his ass handed to him in UFC, I don't care. That's real fighting, and people will make that distinction. And you can actually use that as a thing where you can build him up as a face because people were talking about, like, you failed at that, and he goes, well, at least I tried. Story writes itself. That's a guy right there. You bring him in. And where is this, this second show? Is it Chicago again? I can't remember. Ooh, yeah. I can't remember. If it's at Chicago... Mm-hmm. Or, and even if you, like, they sign Omega, and let's say they put Omega in a match with Jericho, and all of a sudden there's Punk at the end. What? Holy shit, right? That place will go insane. If it's in yeah. Chicago. I thought, I thought it might be Vegas, though. I can't remember. I think I think the press conference was in Vegas, but I don't I don't know where the show is. Is the, where is, is the actual company based out of a specific city? No. Uh, it's, it's nothing like that. Like, you know, you always think of WWE, Hartford, or Stanford, 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 Stanford yeah. yeah, right, yeah. Mm. Another name I've heard associated, I don't know, this is just rumor, is Goldberg. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> I, I hate it, too. Now, I, I sincerely hope they don't put him in the ring, though. I, I, that would be, if, if they put him more of a, a, a role that's not wrestling, I would maybe be a little more okay I, with it. 
yeah, I would be more okay with it, but I, I'm tired of the whole general manager role in wrestling anyway. Agreed, yes. They didn't yeah. used to have that. They'd have a president like Jack Tunney or Jim Crocker, somebody that would show up every once in a blue moon to make some ruling. Yeah. And that was it. It wasn't about that. It was about, like, this is the match that's out there. They didn't have to tell you why the match was made. And they could build an angle in the ring and make it work. Um, I, 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 Goldberg, I get it because it's name value and it's mainstream and whatever, but, like, Nobody's ever fucking paid a dime past 98 WCW for him to actually perform in the ring. It was for him to be Goldberg. And his first run in the WWE really killed a lot of what made that character unique. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't outwardly hate it. I understand the reason for it. I don't care to see it. It's not going to make me no, watch it. It would not make, make me watch it in any way. I don't think it's going to make most people watch a show. They'll go, oh, look, Goldberg's on there. Okay. Like, uh, people will tune in to see Jericho. People will tune in to see Omega. Absolutely. People, yes. If you're pushing a wrestling product whenever... People will I'm turn in to see Punk. Yeah, Big for guy. sure. Yeah. For sure. And, and, and it's... When do you get a match on Raw that's like 20 minutes? It's rare. And if you push this show as like, here's a match where you have guys doing like 12, 15, 20-minute matches, like good matches... I want to watch that more than I want to watch like skits in the ring and bad poop jokes Please. that Vince McMahon thinks is funny, right? It's it, it's a shame. And the, so if you're Goldberg is not going to do that for you. Goldberg will give you name value, but uh, if you're spending money and starting a promotion, you're not spending millions for somebody who only brings name value. Punk brings name value and talent and ability. Jericho brings name value and talent and ability. Even Omega, on a smaller level, because of New Japan and their rise and stuff like that, brings name, value, talent, and ability. Goldberg doesn't. I'm not into it. Knee-jerk. Go ahead. Knee-jerk reaction. He, and this, like I said, knee-jerk. No thought. Just uh, top of my head. Uh, he, he could serve well in, uh, like, a Jesse the Body heel commentary type role. Uh, but he'd probably want way too much money for that. No, I, I've, he's, he's been a heel once. You know, and I and I I don't I, I've never heard him commentate like do that sort of thing. I mean, it would put a name in the booth, and that that's cool if he if he could do that, great. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I just say commentary because he's hosted TV shows, sure. things like that. Sure. Well, speaking of commentary, another name I've heard associated is Jim Ross. Fine with it. I am too. Now, will he be a commentator, or is I mean, are they going to bring out good old Jr. or is he going to be more of a backstage role? I'd be fine with any of that. I would too. I, yeah. Honestly, yeah. he's a good talent evaluator. He's the guy that brought in Steve Austin and Mick Foley and all those guys to the WWE. He's the guy that was like, "Hey, this this uh, you know Dwayne Johnson kid looks pretty good. We should give like dude knows talent brings him in and and nobody's perfect with that. Like he's had flops. Steve Doctor Death Williams didn't do well there, and I I on that kind of stage I didn't see how he would. But he knows athletes, and he knows who looks good. So if he's going to help scout talent and do that sort of thing, great. If he's going to do commentary, great. I, I'm i not adverse to that at all. I don't see any reason not to be. And, 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 again, we're talking about a guy who knows how companies should work. That's a guy who was in Mid-South, UWF, saw that fail, saw, you know, WCW and all their roller coaster shit when he was there. He's a part-time booker. And then in the WWE, whenever they were failing in the Monday Night Wars and how they turned it around and the things that they did, to make that happen. So it's a smart dude. The more smart guys that you can have in this company, the better. I think it's awesome. Love JR. Would also like to see uh, the podcast king, <clears throat> Conrad Thompson, in some role as well. He's uh, was the co-host of Flair's podcast, Tony Schiavone's, uh, 
Bruce Pritchard, mm-hmm. Bischoff's podcast. So he just he's got a good voice. He's charismatic. He's been a longtime fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually just married uh, Flair's other daughter. Okay. And uh, it just I, I think he it would would bring something to the the show. Cool. And uh, I'm sure I'll be booed soundly for this one but I, just just uh i would if like you to say see mark man i'll punch oh him. god I, no <laughs> I, I mean if they were going to execute him on the air yes I, that, then yes i'm i'm all in but oh that uh, that'd be that great ratings that would be a great rating stunt all of pittsburgh no. would tune in i'm pretty sure i wish yeah uh but no i i, I would like to see joel gertner in there I, I know oh no i love it i okay. love i love joel gertner <laughs> but is he even active i mean does he he's in some you know, very small independent uh, sure. league. I can't think of the name of it off, if offhand. He was, if he was doing a um, an announcer role or a backstage interviewer kind of thing, totally cool yes. with that. Totally, cool. but but like as a gimmick or a manager or something. Oh no, 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 no. no, no. no. Yeah, sure, okay. no, no. Okay, um, I, I w- that's one thing I wouldn't mind seeing in this company too is managers. Yeah, like old yes. school mouthpieces, right, right. like yes. that sort of thing. Those still exist in the indies, and you know they still should exist because that's how you get certain guys over. Sure. Certain guys just aren't going to be good on the microphone, and okay, let somebody else sell the match for you. That'll tie into what we're going to talk about with our Royal Rumble picks for coming up because I have a thing there that I would love to see. But I digress. We're going to move on from AEW. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good. Go ahead. You. Sorry, real quick. I t- just a couple things. Uh, I I I don't like the name. I don't know. It just doesn't. I like the name when you say it out. All Elite Wrestling, I like. I don't like AEW. Yeah. I, yeah. I think A and W or something like it. Like, we're going to go get some root beer. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, even AE role, like AEW. Like, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's not the phonetics not pleasing of it are, to my ear. The phonetics yeah. of it are bad. It kind of sounds like a bad, like, anagram for some girl like Bay. Like, oh, <laughs> <aw, laughs> you know. <laughs> And I do just also want to throw out there real quick. Um, I, I want to say she's from Johnstown, but she's she's fairly local. Britt Baker DMD is going to be someone to watch. Yeah, oh, yeah. she was on the that. Anthony Bourdain Parts Unknown on yes. Pittsburgh because she's Adam's yes, she girl. Was. She's Adam Cole's girlfriend. She is. is she she is. Yeah. I've seen her probably half a dozen times at. Uh, uh, international. Uh, is she actually a dentist? Now I know she she's is. training Legit. to be a dentist. <laughs> yes. I knew, just, I knew yes. she was training to be a dentist, Absolutely. but I didn't know that she. she, okay. she yes. Wow. Uh, okay. uh, but uh, IWC, uh, they run down in uh, Elizabeth, and I've been to about a half a dozen other shows, and she she was their champ for a while, and really really is is a good athlete, puts on a good show in the Speaking ring. Speaking of the women wrestlers, there. One of the things that AEW is pushing that's kind of neat. Here's two things that they're really doing that are cool. First one, they're talking about equal pay for performers. Oh, yes, yes. Now, I'm sure that that's not going to tie in with, like, your big, big, big names, and that's going to be understood. Like, look, free agents, we can't do this, but if you're coming in here from the indies, this is what you're going to get. And it's equal pay for men and women. Which is huge because women oh, women great. have become that's, that's yeah. outstanding. women have become damn near equals in the business at this point. It, at least in WWE, which is great, uh, but in NXT they are too, and it's starting to happen in other companies, which is awesome to see. But again, just like anything else, the pay scale is off in those areas, and these guys are talking about doing that, which means you will have more female performers interested in going there. And one of the other things they're talking about doing too is having medical insurance for their wrestlers. Oh, wow. Great. It's yeah. huge. It's huge because they're, they're independent contractors, which has been a point of contention literally in courts multiple times throughout the years. 
As independent contractors, they can say that they're not vi- liable for any of their stuff. Now, WWE does pay for a lot of the stuff that happens in the rings, but that's not 100% across the board. They're talking about adding medical insurance as part of the things that is in the contracts for their workers, which is awesome. Like, no, of course. I, I love it. I love no, it. I, yeah, that actually, both of those facts make me want to, uh, to s- succeed even more. There's a million yeah. reasons yeah. to hope for well, it to absolutely. succeed. Sure, now, aside from the obvious. No, I hope, I hope, I hope that in the, them succeeding, they also don't trample out a lot of other companies. Like, they're talking about that partnership with Impact, and, like, that's fine, but Impact has always been on the ropes. They have been for years and years and years, and it's their own doing, so <laughs> fuck them. But, like, still, it's another place for guys to work, and I don't want these companies to become obsolete. Ring of Honor just lost six guys, six big guys off of their roster. Seven. Seven big guys off of their roster because of this. And they've replaced them. They brought in Brody King, and they brought PCO in, and they brought in um, uh, Tracy Williams, and they brought in PJ Black, and they're bringing in Mark Haskins and all these other dudes. So good. Like, ROH can do that, and that's still a good platform for guys. But some companies won't be able to do that. If, if Impact Today lost Johnny Impact and uh, Brian Cage and, and the Lucha Brothers and Sammy Callahan, what do they have? Moose, Eddie Edwards, Killer Cross? Like... I'm not tuning in for that, but I will tune in for the guys that I'm talking about. Um, I hope that they understand that, like, in the process of doing this, that you don't stamp out all kinds of other companies. If anything, when you need a guy that needs repackaged or a guy that needs to redo or work on his in-ring work, send them out to one of these companies. WWE used to do it with ECW. That's how Al Snow ended up in ECW doing the head gimmick. They were like, we don't know what to do with him. Send him there. Let him work it out. And he did. Uh, that's one of the ones I'd like to think that, see there too. And somebody else I'd like to see in the company would be Austin Aries. Just saying. Oh please. He's basically. Please. He's he's an asshole. He's a he's a renowned I asshole. He's incredibly hard to work with by all accounts. Like a guy like Loki. I don't want to see Loki in there because Loki is literally the like, according to everybody, the biggest dickhead wrestler on the planet and refuses his job to anybody because he thinks his shit doesn't stink. Austin Aries when you get past that stuff, is a fantastic worker and will do things for other guys. And he brings name value. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 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 Okay. Moving on from All Elite, because we went longer with that than intended, but it's kind of nice that, like... Absolutely. We, mm-hmm. got, we, got the, we got the fire started. It is Royal Rumble time. And it is my favorite <laughs> pay-per-view. <laughs> it is not mine, but it, it used to be. It used to be. The last few, because we're going to go through some of the good ones and some of the bad ones, the last few... Uh, I've got plenty of comments about those. Sure, absolutely. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with you two, anyway? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> An event based around a fucking glorified battle royal. Yeah, but it's a good battle royal. It's a good battle here's, royal. Here's why. Let me explain why okay. everybody... I'll, I'll say commonalities for everybody here. Here's why people like the Rumble. And it'll show in some of these notes on the Rumbles. Sure. First and foremost, there are always the surprise entrants that are great. Always a surprise entrance that are great. Whether it's an NXT guy, whether it's an old school guy, DDP popping out in one of them, Jake the Snake popping out. like Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God, and that's one of the best that ones ever. That is one of the best ones <laughs> Kane, ever. He's dancing in front yes. of Kane, and Kane just clocks I him. I think it just proved my point. <laughs> yes. No, but it's, it's fantastic. Those are great. And and there's always there's always the random matchups in there that you've been waiting to see. When they did it right, and I'm talking like, I'm looking at 1989. Where, where Hogan and Savage are tag team partners in the Mega Powers, and then Hogan eliminates Savage. And you can build a storyline from there. 1990, where the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan had never been in the yeah, ring the taking each showdown, other on, and they right. had that big showdown. Go back and watch that and listen to the crowd on that. They're going fucking nuts. 
they're going crazy, and and it's great. And right there, WrestleMania six, there's your payoff. I mean, Flair going front to back, and and that's one of the things too. The guys who put in the like, you get your super long performer. Every one of them now has the guy who you know is going to get that rocket push because they do the what's now called the Diesel Run, right? Because that started in ninety, was it ninety four? Ninety four, where Diesel talking about where elim- eliminate everybody, like seven dudes, yeah. and just and yeah. people didn't expect it, but he yeah. started doing it. Bronx- and Kane had the ultimate Diesel run in two thousand one, I think. Right, right, and Austin had a good one. Yep, yep. Yes. Braun Strowman yes. had one. Roman Reigns had one. Like these are the guys who you go, okay, this is the co- who the company's getting behind, you know. And there's always one. Rikishi had one of those once upon a time. Mm-hmm. He had a big run in one of those. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. No, no, that doesn't mean that all. We, of them we should are- note that Daryl Patterson is shaking his head <laughs> at this moment right now but just for Kishi it's it's well yeah not all not all of them are great uh, sure. i mean dude viscera mabel won a king of the ring like it's not always going to be perfect booking sure. but like it's interesting because you can see who the company is getting behind so like you have that you have the build towards mania and it happens a whole bunch of different ways it used to happen even more where you can see in these various ones where it's like, oh, that turned into a Mania match, and this is why that turned into a Mania, and that turned into a Mania match because of this. Like, WrestleMania 21, one of the best matches ever, Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, and the whole reason that match happened is because Shawn Michaels super kicked him out of the Royal Rumble, Angle came back, pulled him out later. And you got one of the greatest WrestleMania matches ever, and it's easy booking, simple booking. Um, And a lot of years, people don't know who's going to win. And, sure. you know... Yes, I, I concede your points, absolutely. I, I agree and, and appreciate all of them. I, I guess it's just the, the, the simple act of throwing someone over the rope. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't get behind it. I get 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 it but, but here's the thing. They've also been very creative in the ways that they do that sometimes yeah. as well. So it's, it's to me, being somebody who's an armchair booker, somebody who likes to look <laughs> at the creative aspects of things, not just the in-ring action, I, I am always intrigued on how they're going to book a Rumble because you can either make it fantastic and amazing or you can totally shit the bed. And, like, there's very few... The ones that are boring are the ones that are in between. I even like the ones where they fucking shit the bed entirely and do a terrible job because you're like, oh, my God, what the <laughs> fuck are you thinking? And you can shit all over it. I love shitting on everything in wrestling because, like, there's so much to shit on as far as, like, bad decisions with stuff. Um I, 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 one of the, in, in what's funny is you look at the early ones. So we're going to talk about some of the, let's talk about, do we want to start with the ones that we actually really liked or do we want to talk about sure. the ones? That, okay. Okay. Obvious one is 92. That is probably my number two. Sure. That, it's, it's, yes. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's in everybody's top three. And, and the reason being is again, the booking in it is fantastic. You may disagree with one of the points I'm going to make because you're the biggest Ric Flair fan. I know Daryl, but, um, Flair Flair came into the WWF with the belt and the real world's champion angle and blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. Real wrestling fans knew who Ric Flair was. Sure. At that time, though, we're talking 1991, the end of 91. Business wasn't great. Okay. This is coming off of WrestleMania 7, which was fucking terrible. I mean, it was actually a pretty decent show, but, like, the booking going into it was mm. terrible. Like, with the 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 slaughter angle and all that stuff. Yeah. It was just, it was just, it didn't draw people in. Not at all. Business was down there. WCW wasn't doing good at all. Flair jumps over. It's intriguing. But here's the thing. People, the common everyday wrestling fan, if you walk up to people at that time and said, name a pro wrestler, 85% of them are saying Hulk Hogan, not Ric Flair. Now, like, f- over 50% of them have heard of Ric Flair. Sure. 
maybe 40% have actually seen Ric Flair, 30% are a Ric Flair fan, okay? So he's in this company, and it's a much bigger stage for him. Whether we like it or not, WCW was always, always, always second, except for that 18-month window, period. Agreed. So, oh, absolutely, 100% yeah. agree. Yes. So for Flair to come in there, the reason I love the 92 Rumble so much isn't just because Flair won. It's because Flair started at number three. So, and there was two other guys in the ring when he went in. He literally, to make him, to for the company to truly represent what it meant for him to be there, they had him go through 30 other guys for the belt. The booking leading up to that was great. It, and I wish they had gone with the original WrestleMania 8 card after that, which we'll talk about. But you look at that, the the... He went into that. In that match, there are 17 guys who are currently in the WWE Hall of Fame out of 30. And that doesn't include Sid and the British Bulldog, who should probably be there. It's the most loaded lineup ever. It's not like 93 where it was like, here's the, here's the nasty boys. None of the fucking nasty boys are winning. Neither are the Blue Brothers. Neither are whoever. Right. Like, like, there's dudes in there that are, that are fantastic through the whole match. There's 10 guys in there who either were prior at the time or after world champions, including the AWA world title, we have Rick Martel and Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. Um, and the booking in it, and I'm, I'm reading notes for this one, but like the booking in it, and on top of that, Bobby Heenan's his manager and Bobby Heenan is on commentary. And if anybody ever wants to hear why Bobby Heenan is not only a great manager, but also a great commentator, watch that rumble. The whole match, Bobby Heenan is losing his shit, but it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant the way that he does it. And Flair's in there at number three. This is another piece of good booking. So first off, one of the one of the things that they put in there was Jake the Snake Roberts went in there. And Jake the Snake Roberts is weird in all the rumbles when you're rewatching him because literally he always gets one of the biggest pops. Face or heel or whatever. Dude always gets a reaction. Like, you just go like, fuck, man. I knew Jake was big, but, like, he was over over, over, over. And then he's in there, and that's when Savage is an entrant. And sa- and that's after the cobra bite mm-hmm. and the marriage thing and all that stuff. Savage comes in and, like, gets Jake out of there and jumps off the top rope and, like, goes after him. And, like, that's a cool thing in the middle of it. Flair clears the ring. He's number three. He's finally alone after four. Number 14 had just come out. He's finally in the ring alone and already worn out, and he still has half the rumble to go. And at number 15 is Roddy Piper. And the crowd goes, oh, my God, it, dude. It's, it's a great pop. It's it really a, it's is. It's an amazing, yeah. and Piper had just won the Intercontinental title earlier that night. So he won the Intercontinental title and is coming into the ring in the Royal Rumble for the world title. Yeah, that, that's another <laughs> unique thing about this Rumble is it was for the world title. That was the first time they did this. They've done it since. Right. But that was the first time. It made it unique. And then the booking at the end is great, too, because it's down to Flair, Sid, and Hogan. And Sid was the guy that was brought in to be a, a big deal. And they had um, they had him toss Hogan, right? And they expected the fans to boo that. This is 92, remember? And Hogan's prime was really like 85 and slowly tapering down off of that. So we're talking like seven years later where the fans are just kind of tired of shit. You keep giving people the same shit for seven years, they're going to get tired of it. Sid tosses Hogan. They're expecting the fans to boo. The fans are cheering. They're cheering. Well, I found, on a side note with Hogan in this match, 
if there was ever um, a baby face Hulk Hogan acting like a heel in some ways. He did it all the this, time. Yeah, but in this match oh, specifically, yeah. Oh, yeah. he acts like a baby with The Undertaker. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, he really does. He's a yeah. piece of shit yeah. through the whole yeah. match. <laughs> and, and it's funny because like pushing him is like the big face. And he, and at the end, he's standing outside. He's a sore fucking loser, and he's holding. He's he's grabbing Sid's arm and causes Sid to get tossed. When he, Sid legally tossed him, mm. he causes Sid to get tossed and gives the belt to Ric Flair. Like you can't. You're 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 a shit heel then at that point. And they're trying to make that a face thing. Like that's one of those times where you go. That's one of those what the fuck were you thinking things. You know, because you have those periods. And, and that's been Roman Reigns' entire career the last four years. Is you go like you're trying to build this dude as a face, and you're just. You're missing the mark every single goddamn time, but that was um, that was great booking though, because I I mean you didn't know what was gonna happen there. Sid was a big deal, and that match it turned into you have you have Sid against Hogan then, which ended up being the main event there, and shitty main event, but whatever. I mean it was it was wonderful booking the whole way through. It was awesome. I, I loved that one. What's another one? Okay, uh, one I my favorite actually, um, 2010. Okay. Um, Because yeah. okay, a big thing with Rumbles, we were talking about the big surprises. And for me, just because it cascades into this, is the two biggest surprise entrants <laughs> weren't necessarily guys that you hadn't <laughs> seen in a while. It was guys you weren't expecting back. 2008, Cena coming back, I think, was huge. Sure. And in this one, had another big comeback, 2010. It, it had three stages to this mm-hmm. Rumble, which I really love, which is the first was CM Punk coming out. And eliminating everyone, <laughs> and then getting on the mic and just um, you know entertaining us for a while, and it was the great first third of that rumble. Yeah, his straight edge society promos and his whole Jesus gimmick, and oh, dude, Absolutely. so good. And, and nobody had done that before. Mm-hmm. That's why it was great. The second half of that, I mean, it was a little corny, but you did have DX kind of uh, wiping everybody out at that point. But then Shawn Michaels super kicks <laughs> Triple H over the over the ropes, which is a yep. big deal. Yep. But for me, I believe it was 29, Edge comes back in a huge return because he wasn't expected back, I think, at all, and wins it, and then he goes on the Mania and and, uh, beats Jericho for the title. Yes. Um, No, no, he lost to Jericho. Oh, did he? He lost to Jericho. That was one of the times where the Rumble winner lost in the match at Mania. Uh, That's that's a really – and there's a a great spot in there, too, because you always have that big, giant fucking lug that goes in there that you – it's the monster thing. And, and and I swear to God, you get these random ones. Like, there's one where it's Yokozuna and Mabel, and I I know Vince is, like, coming in the back. Like, literally, oh, two big fat dudes. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's amazing. Uh, and and so that one, the great Kali's in there, right? Oh, yeah. And one of the surprises. Is that Beth Phoenix? Yes, yes, yes One yes. of the surprise <laughs> ones was Beth Phoenix, and she gets, he, she gets put on the outside because he won't eliminate her or whatever. So she kisses him and then pulls him out, and it's fu- like Beth Phoenix eliminated the great, great colleague. Yeah. It's, it's great. I, you know, and that's creative. Like, that's, why, that's some of the stuff I love about the Rumble. Um, do you have one you actually like, Daryl? Uh, I, I mean, I, it's really mostly was just a moment, which was, uh, what was it, 94 maybe, where Undertaker rose. Oh, God. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I mean, what can I say? I mean, <laughs> However, was, Man, was Mantar wait, 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 in this, was Mantar in you, that Royal Rumble? He too? was, he yeah. was. Wait, you, you like that, but you hate the Royal Rumble. Uh, well, here, here, I'm gonna buy, I'm actually about to redeem <laughs> the Royal Rumble okay. in my heart just a tad. Okay. The very first bit of research I did in preparation for today was to see, and, and I had my fingers crossed before I even started typing, 
Mm-hmm. Did Barry Windham participate in any Royal Rumbles? <laughs> and I was overjoyed to find that he never did. So that redeems the Rumble, that redeem the Rumble in my heart wow, wow. a little bit. It keeps me from hating it. Okay. Uh, I will say, though, along those lines as well, I was genuinely surprised to see that uh, Ricky Steamboat has never been in a, a Royal Rumble. Hmm, that's um, interesting. Yeah. And neither was Razor Ramon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Although I believe fake, fake Razor, Razor Ramon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that's only in the WWF. In, in 93, <laughs> he had the world title shot against Brad. Sure. In 94... Uh, he was, it was an Intercontinental title match, if I'm not mistaken. It was. I can't remember who it was. 95 was against Jeff Jarrett in the undercard. And then 96, wasn't he suspended? Well, that's when he showed up in WCW. Right, so I think he was suspended before sure, then. Sure. Because he was supposed to be taking on Goldust at WrestleMania, uh, what was that, 13? And, di- or, no, no, WrestleMania 12. And he didn't show up and Roddy, P- Roddy Piper took that spot because he got suspended. Um... Piper took that vehicle home, by the way. That Bronco? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, in that match, he legitimately, that punch that he hits Goldust with, he punched him. Like, oh, yeah. you hear the fist pop off his head, and, like, they, they were trying to make that. Yeah, poor Goldust in that <laughs> match, man. <laughs> <laughs> They were, oh, dude, he got paid a lot of money to do <laughs> that did, shit. But so. man, no, they were supposed yeah. to destroy that thing, and Piper went to Vince before and asked, uh, you know, could we could we spare it? Can I take it home? Sure. <laughs> he let him. <laughs> Here's some Was of he the... hard on his luck that he wanted a white Bronco, I, I wonder? <laughs> I mean, I guess he lives uh, yeah. lived in the mountains yeah, in, uh, in in Portland uh, or yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah, in yeah. Oregon. So oh, yeah, he, a practical he started thing. His, his career actually was started in Portland. Yeah, sure. right, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so some very highlights or lowlights of rumbles okay. 88 go ahead no, go, go ahead. ahead go ahead okay well there, there's two highlights for royal rumbles for me that i think are the greatest and they are just both total flounders of spots one actually for me the greatest royal rumble moment happened at the quote-unquote greatest royal rumble so maybe it doesn't apply oh, but titus yeah. o'neill falling <laughs> under the ring on his way to the ring is great and probably the other one is vince mcmahon blowing out both quads coming to the end of the uh, Cena, Batista, double elimination. Double elimination. Yeah, 2005. Yeah. Right. Those are great moments. Um, go ahead with your those. Well, the I was being uh, slightly serious. One of my, one of my, I, I was going to go through a bunch of them, but my, my favorite Ultimate Rumble flop, like Bad Rumble, happened right here in Pittsburgh. I oh, swear yes. to God. I, and I was with, did, uh, there with fellow uh, pencil neck geeks. Uh, anytime that they do a pay-per-view in Pittsburgh in the last, since 2014, They've it been... just sucks. It Suck. always sucks. Roadblock was fucking terrible. Uh, what was the one that was just here? It was it was awful. It's always awful when they come to Pittsburgh. Oh, that was the one, I don't remember, it was the one where Dolph and Seth wrestled and the crowd would shit all over it the whole time. They oh, kept yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. They kept doing the, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and oh, the match, yeah, yeah. Which I think Dolph Ziggler still has flashbacks about. It's yeah. so bad. The, 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 every card they've done here. So in 2014, when Daniel Bryan is at the absolute height of his popularity. They tried to turn him heel to subvert his popularity. That storyline with the Wyatts where he joined the Wyatts, they were trying to make that a thing, and the fans still cheered him. He forced them with his popularity to actually address it and deal with it, and that was the lead-up to it. He won the, the title at SummerSlam 13, jobbed out to Orton on a cash-in immediately because Triple H pedigreed him, and Triple H was a special referee. Started that storyline, and they were supposed to, like, fade him out, job him out to Orton, and Batista was going to come in and be the guy at Mania to take on Orton. That was going to be your fucking main event, period. And they couldn't because Daniel Bryan was so 
popular. And it shows you just how pig-headed that fucking company is. Because It pisses me off to this day that they completely ignored the fans all the time until they couldn't. And they'll tell you the whole time, well, that's how we had it planned. Bullshit, you did not. You did not. They turned Batista heel immediately afterwards so they could do an evolution against the Shield. That's not what they were intending to do. Batista was going to win and take on Triple H because Triple H has to be in the fucking main event all the time, forever and ever and ever, and jerk off with his buddies. It, and, and I even like Triple H, so I'm like saying that, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> it was just so tone deaf. Had Daniel Bryan taking on Bray Wyatt in the opener. It's a great mm-hmm. match. Bray wins. They jobbed out Daniel Bryan, even though he was the one that like turned on the Wyatts in that steel cage on Raw, had the yes thing, and they jobbed him out. They did everything they could to de- derail him. And then they had the Rumble itself, and that's the one where Roman Reigns got his big run. Mm-hmm. So that's where Roman Mania the is Kane kicking run. off. I think we should, we should call it, well, is it the Diesel? It's he the, had the Diesel, diesel run. run. It's yeah, a Diesel run, because yeah. Diesel was the first one in 94 yeah. that really got that sort of treatment. Uh, the, the undercard on top of that, too, it had Lesnar against the Big Show, and literally the match, Lesnar comes down and just starts beating the shit out of him with chairs over and over and over. And they finally, they get in the ring, they ring the bell, he doesn't have five and pins him. <laughs> it's, it's all, and you're like, what, what, Lesnar got paid a shit ton of money to show up and just beat the piss out of the Big Show with chairs and throw an F5. Which is a whole other thing. Like, I'm, we're going to have to do a podcast where basically we get like 15 to 20 minutes to just rant about Brock Lesnar. Because <laughs> uh, I can fucking do that. Orton and Cena are taking on each other. Cena gets a shot at Orton in the corporation and whatever, or the, the, the network, or whatever the fuck they were calling themselves. Yeah, and, it was the network. And the Pittsburgh crowd is chanting, this is awful. Mm-hmm. Which I love. It's mm-hmm. it's Cena and Orton, like the two guys that they shoved down your throat over and over. And right here in Pittsburgh, our hometown, this is awful. I, like it was the best mutiny I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then they did the Rumble itself. They had a, they so they 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 didn't even have the crowd was hoping for Daniel Bryan to be in the Rumble. And now, mind you, he wasn't in the Rumble. One of the guys that they had in the Rumble was El Torito. Right, the, yes, the, the little the, the little bull. The, yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. had him in the yeah. rumble, <laughs> but not Daniel Bryan. Right. Because Vince thinks it's funny to have a midget in the Royal Rumble, but isn't gonna put in the most over guy in the mm-hmm. in the company in that match. Who was <laughs> number thirty? I was there, but it was it Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. Yeah, and I remember us just like being beside ourselves with just anger. Everybody lost yeah. their right. shit. Right. They right. went crazy on that. Absolutely crazy on that. And from that point forward, that match, the whole thing was basically the crowd going, fuck you, as loud as they could for the entirety of the match. There was not... They did spots where people should cheer and the crowd intentionally shit on it. Like, it was... Besides... Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg at WrestleMania 20. It is my favorite moment of a crowd just absolutely destroying the product live right in front of them. It was, it was surreal to witness. I mean, yeah, it really was. It's so. a thing of beauty. And even Batista coming in, he was a surprise. Meanwhile, everybody knew he was coming in. They shit all over his entrance. And he was supposed to be the big face going on to Mania to finally be the guy to unseat Orton, who had beaten Daniel Bryan and John Cena and all their big faces leading up to it. What an amazing disaster, disaster of a rumble. It was terrible. And and that started the Reigns thing. And since we're talking about Reigns, the, this is why the Royal Rumble is no longer my favorite match, my favorite gimmick match or pay-per-view. The following year is when Reigns won. And that's whenever Daniel Bryan was. That, that was in Philadelphia. Yep. And the crowd shits <laughs> on it again. And, and like you have yeah. to be smarter than that. <laughs> Philly is a notoriously right, right, rough yeah. wrestling crowd. They're a rough crowd for everything. And it's so tone deaf. And they have Daniel Bryan in it, and he gets eliminated at, like, number 15 by Bray Wyatt. 
Is that the one where even at the end the rock comes down yes. and he and the crowd still shits yes, all over? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they have Reigns being like the superhero overcoming the odds. He's in the final four. The final four for the match, I think I have it written down here. The final four for the match is him, Ambrose, Kane, and the big show. Nobody in 2015 gives a shit about Kane and the Big Show. And at that point, you realize that... 2015. Right. Yeah. And, well, right. But, I, well, no, here's the thing. I, like, I actually am one of the people that respects their careers, considering how many times they had to turn face and heel and how many shitty feuds and gimmicks they had to do, and sure. they still made a lot of things work. But those dudes, like, the idea with a Final Four is you're like, who's going to win? You have Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, Kane, and the Big Show in the final four. Who the fuck do you think is going to win that, and how compelling is it? Not even, it's not, yeah. So then Ambrose gets eliminated, so it's Reigns fighting the odds again, taking on the Big Show and Kane, right? And he overcomes the odds, because, like, they they still think that it's 1985, and fans want the superhero who can take out the two big dudes, and we're going to root for him. Here come eight Superman punches and seven spears, (laughs) and it's over. Yeah, stole my thunder. Right, and then then Kane and the Big Show come back to beat on him and the rock saves him and and the crowd shit on the rock like you have to be <laughs> you have to be booking some terrible shit for the rock to make a surprise comeback and the crowd to boo it especially in philly they, they booed it and then rusev was under the ring and jumps back in the ring and they toss rusev and the crowd still boos it the whole thing is a dumpster fire. So then in 2016, because the Royal Rumble is now the perpetual let's get Roman Reigns over at every expense and cost and whatever, 2016, he's in the Rumble early. And, that was me hitting the mic, he's in the Rumble early, and he gets taken out, he gets thrown between the ropes, not over the top, he gets taken out and beat down by a bunch of guys on the outside and stretchered out. That doesn't make you a baby face when you come back. It means that you got to take a nap in the back while a bunch of other dudes were fighting. This is booking 101. But they think that the crowd's going to pop when he comes back off of the stretcher. Mm -hmm. Guess what? The crowd shit on that, too. Stupid. And then they had the final where it was Triple H and Ambrose. Reigns got eliminated by Triple H. And then they have Ambrose and in there. And wait, this rumble was for the, was it for the WWE yep. title too? Yep. Yes. That, yep. That yep. Was, and yeah. Triple H won. And mm. they acted like it was a surprise and it wasn't a surprise. And it I'd led, have never guessed. I know. And it led to Reigns versus Triple H at Mania in one of the worst WrestleMania main events you'll ever see in your entire, I, I was sitting next to Hansies. We go to the castle. Absolutely. The longest. The, uh, lo- the longest rumble in the history, uh, WrestleMania in the history of shows. The Rock is out there playing with a fucking blowtorch at hour six and we're going fucking end this already and then that match I, I got so drunk not because I even wanted to drink but just because I was like internally just dying and bored out of my fucking mind it was the worst shit and that rumble led to that disaster it, it, it the reason I lost and I don't even hate Reigns I like Reigns. I think that Reigns, if they let him organically... I 100% agree, yeah. If they let him organically become what he could have been for that company, he'd have been really, really good. They just don't do that. They force it down your throat. They don't listen to the fans, even though they say they they do. That was... uh, that The Rumble died a lot for me those three years because it just became in ignorance of the fans and what they want, and it was going to be, we're going to push the shit that we want. Here's Batista, here's Reigns, here's Reigns again, even though he loses, and we're trying to build sympathy for a guy that you have no sympathy for. And the thing is, I can I can totally accept it if it looks and sounds good on paper, but the mm-hmm. execution is just off. That happens. Yeah. 
I, I haven't seen any of these, but listening to you talk about them, I'm like, holy fuck, who wrote this? And why? <laughs> why? Right. Why? Yeah, why? I mean, it's just, it doesn't even sound good on paper, so how the fuck is it going to look good? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's it's just, it, it's so, so, and then, but here's one that, like, here's here's the counter to that, and it's one of my favorite rumbles, and it's it's controversial because of who it is. It's Chris Benoit. Dude did oh, it's, a, it's a fantastic Dude Royal did Rumble. a terrible, terrible thing. Let's acknowledge that, but he as a wrestler i can watch his stuff and i'm not going to sit here and and act self-righteous like i can't watch him wrestle he, he was a fantastic wrestler it's a great rumble and that rumble is where they actually listen to the fans a little bit they put him in there they had him go from number 1 and i believe he won that was event. 1998 was 2004 two, two, oh really oh i'm sorry well, 2004 well, yeah, I'm sorry yeah that led to wrestlemania 10 oh okay yeah right which is which it, it, that's the arc i'm going to talk about here cuz the rumble always ties in with wrestlemania it just does. They're they're attached to the hip. The winner always gets a shot at Mania. That started in what ninety one, because Hogan won and took on Slaughter. Um, that one, he he won that match from number one. He eliminated the Big Show when nobody else could. The final four there were Big Show, Angle, Jericho, and Benoit, mm. which is fucking awesome. Yes, and and there's so many good stories woven in there. And then he tossed the Big Show and won that and went on to Mania. In between, no way out. And in that match, Brock Lesnar came out and tossed Goldberg. So you had that building. No way out. The following month, you have Eddie beat Lesnar for the title. And that's due to Goldberg indirectly. So now you have Goldberg versus Lesnar. You have Eddie as the champion taking on Kurt Angle. And you have Benoit jumping to Raw to take on Michaels and Triple H. Which was a fantastic card right and it's it's great booking you know and and that was a long-term plan and benoit won and you got that ending where it was benoit and eddie both as world champions at the 20th wrestlemania with all the confetti dropping down two guys who worked their asses off to be in madison square garden doing that that's good shit right there that is how you do it that now they didn't give benoit a long run he lost the title at SummerSlam to randy orton who did that whole deal and like that ultimately led to the rise of batista and things like that so okay but that's how you book it. That's cool stuff. There's all kinds of cool stuff littered throughout a lot of these rumbles, too. That's what I was talking about. 1991. Guess who had one of the biggest face turns that ever happened? Virgil. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mike Jones, Virgil. Uh, yeah, right. Dude. Uh, our, our buddy. <laughs> oh, God. He's terrible. He's the worst. But hey, he's a hometown kid. Dude, he's, he's yeah. awful. Yeah. He's yeah. fucking... You, I, we, we could, we could what, talk about like that. Meat well, sauce? We, yeah, we, uh, we could have a whole. We, could, yeah, there's a lot of things we could say well, about we, that. We, yeah, we right. bumped, yeah. we bumped into him at a a dive bar in McKee's Rocks where he was bar backing, and we ended up talking to him because we were like, "Oh shit, it's Virgil." We got a picture with him, and we were like, "Yeah, cool." And like five minutes into the conversation, we're both like, "How the fuck do we get out of this?" Because it was so. <laughs> he actually tried to convince us that Andre the Giant got paid one hundred million dollars at WrestleMania three <laughs> and walked out walked out with it in a briefcase. Yeah. So. <laughs> Hey, those hollow burgers are pretty big. <laughs> but like, dude, he, he was talking about how like how like he broke his spine and like all this shit. But 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 seriously though, at, at Royal Rumble '91, because it was so many years of him doing that abuse thing, and they built it up. He turned face there, and it was one of the biggest pops you'd ever hear for a shitty wrestler. It's amazing. That's a great moment, Spark. And that one was also where the Ultimate Warrior lost to Sergeant Slaughter. Due to Randy Savage's yes. interference right, with right, the Scepter, right. which led to WrestleMania 7 in a great memorable moment there where mm-hmm. Savage has his retirement match with the Warrior, mm-hmm. right? Great booking and slaughter against Hogan. Um, I like uh, 
the second Royal Rumble, one and two, Axe and Smash of Demolition yes. coming down. I yes. thought that was a great moment because as a fan, as a young <laughs> fan, I had never seen that right. sort of thing at that point yet. So yep. I really liked that. Oh, you I had never the seen the Road Warriors before? Not, 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 <laughs> no, I mean, but fight, not taking not, each other Not up. Animal and Hawk taking <laughs> on each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. Right, right. <laughs> and then uh, there's, there's uh, even, where, where was it? 90, 94, what you were talking about. With the Undertaker getting elevated to the rafters and all that crap, and that's Marty Jannetty in a, in an Undertaker suit doing that, and it's it's what like fifteen heels beating him up. It's like it's like Tenru and and uh, and Kabuki are there, and they're, like, and they're like throwing him in a casket, and he's elevating to the sky with his bad promo. But there's another cool moment in there that I love. It's one of my all time favorites. It's got a shitty promo after we were talking about it. It's when Owen Hart finally turns on Bret Hart. Oh, they're taking okay. on the Quebecers and Brett refuses to tag and he's got it's a shitty ending because he's got one of them in the uh, sharpshooter but the ref is looking in his face and he like he's his knee gives out and he looks concussed so the ref calls the match it's one of those endings but Owen comes in and because he didn't tag to him calls him selfish and kicks his leg out and think of everything that happened after that I mean that was literally their big storyline for a year um, so that was a huge deal uh, 96 was where Vader debuted and got Diesel run there. Um, there's some really bad stuff, too. Like, 97, there was... If you want to see the worst way to do a Lucha match, a, the worst way ever, watch the 97 Royal Rumble. It's the worst Lucha six-man match I've ever seen in my entire life. It's got, like, Latin Lover... Not Latin Lover, heavy metals in it. And, like, mm. all these really bad luchadors. It's It's... I do believe 97 was the, well, if you want to call Austin getting the diesel run, even though he's not like the yeah, typical, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he wiped everyone out and it was great because he's like, you know, clowning everybody in the process right. too, being what made him so great. And that's when he got tossed, but came back in because the refs didn't see it and he tosses Brett and that turned into the right, final four because right. Shawn Michaels had given the title up. Um, there's all kinds of cool stuff like that. I love the Rumble because of things like mm -hmm. that and the undercard and whatever. I mean, shit, even the last couple of undercards, you still get these matches that absolutely steal the show. You've got, like, AJ Styles against Cena in 2017. This past year, it was... Uh, this past year was undercard, eh, but the year before that, it was, like, Brock and, and Rollins and Cena in one of those or something. It, it was... It was like, there's always some other match on there that steals the show, too, because it's a big show. On that note, what do we think about this year's Rumble? Well, there's obviously going to be a men's Rumble and a women's Rumble. I right. think the women's Rumble is slam dunk <coughs> home run, personally. I think, unless, uh, then again, I always got to remember that Vince can be Vince, but uh, I think Becky Lynch wins the women's Royal Rumble, goes on to face Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. That's obvious, but I feel like it's too obvious. Yeah, exactly. And here's the thing. I said this before, too. Whenever Becky was going to take on Rousey, the, the whole plan for Rousey from the get-go and they never change their plans, even though the fans should change them for them, has been to get Charlotte and Rousey in the ring. And they did that at Survivor Series with her taking Becky's place because of that punch from Nia. And they didn't have a decisive ending to it. They went back and forth. Charlotte gave it her, her best competition yet. And um, they did not give it a finish. And without there being a finish, I'm going, they're going to find a way to fuck over Becky so that they can get Charlotte in the ring with Rousey again and do it that way. No, I, I know it, it doesn't make any sense because Becky is literally the most over member on their roster, mm -hmm. period. Absolutely. But so was Daniel Bryan, and look what they did. Yeah. So was, like, you can name it over and over, and they've done it. They've done it over and over and over. They're going to tell you what 
you want to see, not listen to what you want to see. And they're going to do it there. They, I, I just feel like they're going to fuck that up. I do have one prediction I think is even, well, that I will say is 100% solid. In the Men's Royal Rumble, Kofi Kingston will find some sort of way to have a fancy sure, non-elimination sure. by walking on his hands or getting on a chair or who knows <coughs> what sort of uh, right. fun thing they'll do there. Men's Rumble, I'm torn between two guys, but I could see it going many ways. I'm, I'm thinking a Raw guy. I'm thinking Seth Rollins or, or Drew McIntyre. Seth uh, Rollins is the rumor, okay. and that's why they're building up where Triple H wants him to be the guy that he was before when they worked okay. together. I hate it, and it's not because I don't like Seth, but this is, the, this is WrestleMania 35, right? This should be a big deal. It's 35th. Like, nobody gives a shit about 33 or 42 or whatever, but, like, 35, right? I'm not really super into Brock Lesnar against Seth Rollins. I'm sure that it'll be a good match because those guys like AJ and Daniel Bryan have worked really well with Brock Lesnar, but I'm not, that doesn't move the needle for me. Well, what if a SmackDown guy wanted to take on Daniel Bryan? Okay, but who? Uh, The Miz. Uh, (laughs) But then are you going to make, Daniel Bryan's doing so well as a heel right now? Well, you make the Miz a face. Fuck no, because he's not good as a face. He's not good as a face, No. no. But what, what match does move the needle at this point? Okay, well, let me let me. What, ask what, what, you. Or is that going to be a surprise entrance? Well, this is that's that's where I'm going with this. And, but is it, is it, and does his name rhyme with the current Universal Champion, Brock? No. Okay. No. Uh, okay. No. You don't think he would? No. You don't think, no, no, you don't no, think there's no. any chance of a Rock return? I don't want to see a part timer <laughs> taking on a part timer for either, the belt. I don't. You're also when you. I just it just hit me when you said WrestleMania 35 big mm-hmm. main event. I don't want to see Lesnar against Braun Strowman. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's been yeah. overdone. Yeah. Right. They they fucked that up. They could have put Strowman over huge, given him the belt when he was over, because he was over like uh, seriously over, despite all odds. When they were giving him the push. He didn't deserve it. He wasn't good in the ring. He has improved by leaps and bounds over and over and over. And they could have put the belt on him against Lesnar, and they shit the bed and dropped him out in less than 10 minutes. Doesn't work. You can't do it now. You can't. I agree. I'm going to grab some beers. I'm also going to mention, I should mention here, that we're using the Boyle Street Recording Studio. So oh, yes. You, support, support, support. If you need to do anything recording, whether it's a podcast or music or that sort of thing, let me know because I know the dude here who does this. Thank you, Doug. Um, Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Douglas. Thanks, Doug. Um, so I'm going to grab beers real quick. Daryl, go ahead and tell me who you want to see win the Royal Rumble. The, the Rumble event itself? The match? Yeah. Uh, Anybody else? Who I want to win it? <laughs> Nobody, because I hate it. <laughs> but uh, I, I, all I can say is who I think is going to win, and I, I do think it's going to be Rollins. I, I think that's their plan. Yep. Is uh, is is Rollins Lesnar? Um, I've do you a, are you excited about that? I, I honestly, man, I. I I have not been I, – I may have turned Raw on to see if they were going to do some sort of a tribute to Piper when he passed away. Other than that, li- I literally do not believe that I've ever watched an episode of SmackDown, like mm-hmm. literally ever. Sure. And I have not watched Raw since I was in high school. Okay. So Daryl is I mean, here for historical purposes. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. Well, and, well, and current non uh, uh, Connecticut uh, based wrestling. Sure. Yeah. 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 For sure. But um, it just, I, I, it's, it's. 
there's so many things about it that I just, I just can't get behind. I mean, like we're talking about the Rumble today and the history of the Rumble, and you know we've mentioned some highlights, we've mentioned some lowlights, but it just seems like <clears throat> the Rumble itself is kind of a microcosm of the company for me. Sure. In that, the highlights shouldn't be so hard to think of, so hard to dig out. Right. Right. They shouldn't be the exception. Right. You know, um, I, I think that um, it's it's readily accessible. Mm-hmm. I think it's what a lot of us grew up with, mm-hmm. and so it's it's familiar. It's 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 maybe part of a routine or what have you. I don't find or come across too many people that say, "Oh yeah, I really actually like the WWE and what's going on in it." Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I can't, I mean, I've maybe tried a couple times and I just, you know, five, 10 minutes in, I, I can't, I can't. I think, I think <laughs> I most can't. people feel like you, but it's not going to change. And people go, well, why won't it change? And here's, here's the reason why. If you have, I don't know how many subscribers there are to the network, but let's say 5 million. Sure. Fair enough. Around Fair the world. enough. Mm-hmm. They're, pay- they're paying $11 a month. So literally, without having to do another thing ever, they make $55 million every single month. They don't have to do anything. They They just signed a billion-dollar TV deal with Fox. They don't have to do anything except what Fox wants them to do. They have a multi-pay-per-view, multi-million-dollar deal with Saudi Arabia now. They don't have to do anything. They are going to make their money no matter what because they're the only game in town. At least on that stage, which is also why I hope AEW does well, because the last time the WWE was actually interesting creatively on a consistent basis, because they've had moments since then, but on a consistent basis, was the Monday Night Wars. Sure. That was fucking, it was awesome because you, they, they had to compete. They had to do something that would make people tune in. They were fighting for your eyes all the time. They don't give a shit now because you know what? I don't have to like their current product. I'll still pay them $11 a month to watch Great American Bash 89 yep. or Capital Combat 90 or old ECW pay-per-views or Mid-South Wrestling. I'll pay that. Was yeah. that the debut of RoboCop? Yes, Capital <laughs> Combat 90. Here's the thing, though. That card that card is fantastic, dude. Top to bottom. If you want to watch a good tag team wrestling pay-per-view, that's your pay-per-view. That, uh, it, was that the tag team tournament? That was, no, 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 no. That's Starcade. Oh, okay, okay. This was like, I want to say it was uh, the Rock and Roll Express against Doom. You've got the Midnight Express, or no, it's like the Midnight Express. Yeah, it's the Midnight Express against the the Southern Boys, or whatever the hell they called them, Tra- Steve Armstrong and Tracy Smothers, which was really, really good. You had Doom and the Steiners. You had uh, the Freebirds. You had all these really, really, really good tag teams, plus Flair and Luger in the main event. And RoboCop, dude. Like, RoboCop. (laughs) Uh, Who I think will win the Rumble is Rollins. And I think I'm still going to go with Becky as well. I think that they're going to go with the obvious. I think they would be the Vegas odds on If they're going to do something so obvious, though, they better book that Rumble to make it pretty goddamn intriguing. Here's what I would like to see. And I'm going to say this again. CM Punk. Hmm. Here's why. Punk comes in. You can imagine the pop. When you hear Cult of Personality, those riffs <laughs> at the Rumble, and this is where you think a bridge is burned, it'll never be mended, right? And he all of a sudden comes out, and it's clobbering time and all that shit. And he comes in there, and they gang up on him because he talks some shit on the way out the door, like he's got a rep for that. But he hangs in there. 
right? And ultimately, he wins. You have him going against Lesnar. They had a great match at SummerSlam 13. Mm, they did, yeah. It's one of my favorite matches ever. It's one of the best David versus Goliath matches you will ever see. Mm-hmm. You have them going into it. Main event. Two names. Two that are legitimate fighters now, even though Punk got his ass handed to him. Well, and Lesnar, could, that would be perfect. That is, that right, is, for Lesnar. that is literally, yeah. that, that's, that's on the vine right there. Yeah. Lesnar can go in there and be like, I am a UFC, and not Lesnar, get Paul Heyman and, and CM Punk going back and forth on the mic with yes. their history too, because mm-hmm. he was a Paul Heyman guy, and he led CM Punk to the longest reign in the modern era, minus Lesnar is whenever Lesnar decides to show up <laughs> off of his farm. Mm-hmm. And you have those two guys, and, and all Heyman has to say is, welcome back, you failed. And he can talk about how Lesnar is a former heavyweight champion in the UFC, and CM Punk is a guy that couldn't get out of the second round twice, and he failed. You build it up like that, and Punk has to acknowledge that and go, it doesn't matter, I'm here now, and I'm taking him out, period. And you can build that over and over, and you can have Lesnar attack him and hand his ass to him on the whole build there. And he wins. I feel like he should call him Phil, too, just to rub it in. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, but you that's two of the best people in the modern era on the microphone. It's two guys. It's one of the most popular wrestlers who hasn't been around for years, who's still in good shape, against the guy who is a fucking part-timer, who he railed against part-timers, right? And when Punk left, do you remember why he left? He left because he was being booked into a program with Kane, and he wanted a WrestleMania main event. Mm. Here's a WrestleMania main event, plus millions to not go to all elite wrestling, plus... You beat Lesnar. Well, the, the flip side of that is, like, you know, the thing is you have a chance at fighting either champion. The other side is intriguing, too. Punk versus Daniel Bryan sure. would be outstanding, sure. too. Yeah. But I, I, I yeah. don't want to see that only because, honestly, what I would like to see on the other side there, and it won't happen and, and it shouldn't happen. This is, like, in my brain, my initial thought was put Punk against Lesnar and then have Daniel Bryan take on John Cena. Which I've heard rumors that sure. it might happen. And I've but, also heard rumors of John Cena winning the Royal Rumble <clears throat> and challenging Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Sure. So. But that's, that's, that's SummerSlam from five and a half years ago. True. That's why I, I outright reject it. But, like, you do that where it's those dudes, you get good matches, and, and also you have the Bella tie-in there. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, it, so you can make the, they were almost brother-in-law. Right, yeah, and you so. can make that. He can talk about how he managed to keep his wife. <laughs> See what wow. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like you make it personal. Then you have Punk and Heyman on this side on the mic. You have Daniel Bryan and John Cena in the backstory there. Double main event of WrestleMania. Who the fuck wouldn't buy that? Mm. Right. I like screaming "fuck" into a <laughs> microphone too. It's fun. Uh, we've gone for a while, and I'm sure Doug wants to kill us. So, um, on that note, uh, I hope that uh, people will sit down and actually listen to it and enjoy this. Uh, this is cool. I, I yes, like... we hope to do this a regular thing. We might add different members if certain people can't come. You know, you know, yeah. we'd love to have you join us too. Yeah. We're gonna have guest hosts. We're gonna we're gonna pick different material every month. I think that. Um, it's a cool discussion. We didn't get into NXT, I know, but like we'll talk about that next time because they're going to put on a way better show than the Rumble's going to be anyways and mm-hmm. talk about Gargano and Champa and that storyline angle that's still playing out in a really cool way. Uh, we'll figure out material for the next one, and we'll, we'll do this again. And uh, thanks again, Doug. Yes, thank you, Doug. Thank hey, you, sir. One final thing. You mentioned CM Punk. Which would you rather have him do, AEW or Royal Rumble? Which, ideally? Um... 
Royal Rumble. I agree. Yeah. I, I would, and, and only because... AEW. Uh, yeah, then that, that's fine. See, like, there's benefits to both. I would like him to go there because there's so many different storylines that work. Revive that company. Let Omega and Jericho and those guys, and let AEW build their company on young guys and work mm. rate and that sort of thing and create a different product that doesn't have to do that. Now, if Punk went there, I would be totally psyched about it. I, I would be... Overjoyed. I think it's a win-win regardless. Yeah, he should be sitting. He sat there and said, "I'm done with wrestling." He sh- needs to get his head out of his ass, and because dude, he can make a hell of a lot of money right now. Yeah. Like literally, name your price and get those two bidding against each other. You have two billionaires bidding for you. Mm-hmm. Dude, put me in that spot. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna mend every bridge. I, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, here's my cement. <laughs> like I'm laying it down because whatever. You, you get over it. Um. Well, it should be a couple of interesting weeks and months ahead, you know, so wrestling fans, you know, stay tuned. Um, and uh, think of various topics you might want to hear us talk about in the future, too. Yeah. We're yeah. Uh, open to ideas. Post that on the page, and uh, that's it. Thanks a lot. Ladies Wait. and gentlemen, diamonds are forever, and so are the Hello. pencil neck geeks. Woo! Woo! <laughs>